0: The title is Guidelines for Instructing Children, but it goes way beyond just instruction for children and really is an area that I'm dealing with tonight. I think the whole world really, besides the gospel, really needs to hear. I wanna read the entire chapter. My son, give attention to my wisdom, incline your ear to my understanding, that you may observe discretion and your lips may reserve knowledge. For the lips of an adulteress drip honey, and smoother than oil is her speech. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword, her feet go down to death, her steps take hold of Sheol. She does not ponder the path of life, her ways are unstable, she does not know it. Now then, my sons, listen to me and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her. Do not go near the door of her house or you will give your vigor to others and your years to the cruel one and strangers will be filled with your strength and your hard earned goods will go to the house of an alien. And you groan at your final end when your flesh and your body are consumed. And you say, how have I hated instruction? And my heart spurned reproof. I have not listened to the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to my instructors. I was almost in utter ruin in the midst of the assembly and congregation. Drink water from your own cistern and fresh water from your own well. Should your springs be dispersed abroad, streams of water in the streets? Let them be yours alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth as a loving hind and a graceful doe. Let her breasts satisfy you at all times. Be exhilarated always with her love. For why should you, my son, Be exhilarated with an adulteress, and embrace the bosom of a foreigner. For the ways of a man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he watches all his paths. His own iniquities will capture the wicked, and he will be held with the cords of his sin. He will die for lack of instruction, and in the greatness of his folly, he will go astray. Let's pray. Our Father in God, we just thank you and praise you for the fellowship that was had this past camp. We also thank you for the fellowship that we have in this local assembly and for the testimonies and for hearing the things that you're doing. Thank you again and praise you for the opportunity in the evening to study the Word of God. And uh, we do pray tonight that uh, you would use the Word of God in our lives. We pray that every one of us in this room would be sensitive to hear the words of scripture and Lord to be so alert in the world that we live in. We just pray that you'd guide now and direct and uh, this would be used of you to help us in our walk, in our holiness, in our purity before you. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Again, I've entitled the message uh, for simplicity because that's where we have been. Guidelines for instruction, Instructing Children In fact, by giving it that title, some people that may be not instructing children right now might not even see the necessity to come. But we're dealing with family wisdom because we're in the book of Proverbs, and we've been dealing with it in a practical way and in a practical sense. And so we're dealing with practical wisdom related to family matters. But as I mentioned to you a moment ago, the area that we'll get into tonight, and we'll get there in just a second... I believe is an area that uh, we all need instruction in and need to be very alert to uh, in this day and age. Um, we have covered some specific areas, and it's been a while since Proverbs. I look back, it was in August, but before I went on vacation, we had a speaker. We had a couple of things happen uh, with speakers, so uh, it's been a while. So I just want to remind you what we've covered, and if you don't have the tapes or you'd like to go back or whatever, it, it may be helpful. And we talked about teaching our children. That's the area we're dealing with, the teaching and instructing of children. And we've covered six areas, in case you don't realize it or have forgotten. One was instructing them in the area of peer pressure, because they face it all the time, as we do. Secondly, we cover the area of unearned wealth, and there's a big tendency for that today, to get money, 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 and it doesn't matter how we get it. Thirdly, in the area of media choices, That'll be important in relationship to tonight again. But in the area of media choices, helping our children to make wise choices because the media can be very good and we just need to know how to make good choices and use it wisely. Then the fourth area we covered was helping them to seek God's wisdom over man's wisdom and to make a clear distinction because the scriptures do. There is a difference between the wisdom that comes from the world and the wisdom that comes from God. help our children to value that which comes from God, it's so important. And then to seek revenge, uh, sorry, to seek justice and not revenge, not to seek revenge. It is important to give our children instruction in justice and, and how we need sometimes to leave things with God and not take revenge. And then the sixth area, the last one we dealt with, in case you forgot, was we, how important it is to instruct our children in the area of true prosperity. What is prosperity? Because in the world's minds basically it's success regarding promotions or it's success regarding money uh, in, in area in that uh, that realm when in reality that is not what God teaches is true prosperity and we need to have eternity in view. Now, where are we going tonight and why in this chapter and in, in, and why? It is a sensitive area, and I've prayed about even the presentation and so forth, uh, and I think it's important that we address it. And that is instructing your children, and I put it this way instructing your children in the reality of sexual temptation. Make sure you are instructing your children, and listen, adults, while I said that this is for children and are instructing in children, this is for all of us in the day and age that we're living in. The reality of sexual temptation is tremendous and we have a responsibility uh, to be involved in that instruction. Today, we need to be on alert. If you are not alert as an adult in your own life, you're in trouble. And if you are not alert as a parent, From the time your child is born today, you are in trouble, and so is your child. You need to be alert, and you and I need to be aware of the world that we live in. Now, we've all said it, I'm sure, something to this effect, but it is absolutely true. The world that I grew up in as a child is not the same as it is today. With technology and media and all that has happened in our world with quote unquote advancement in technology, uh, this area of sin has become absolutely a tremendous difficulty today. We need to be aware of the world we're living in. It is absolutely saturated with pornography. There are men and women in their 60s, 70s, and older that are struggling with this. Never mind going down to children. Premarital sex has become a major item today. In fact, they say item, it's society's acceptance of it. Living together before marriage is common, and don't you kid yourself. Professing Christians, I have literally been in situations where people wanted to get married by me and have talked to me, and they were going to live together before, quote-unquote, professing Christians, before they got married. And then I even not only talked to them, but talked to the parents. And the response I got from parents who were saved, quote-unquote, a long time was it is financially the only way it's feasible for them to get ready for this marriage. That's the world we're living in today. There is a tremendous emphasis and I believe an emphasis in a wrong direction on sex education. Now I am well aware uh, you know where things are with, with some situations I do keep abreast of things as much as I can and one of the dangers I will say to you and I think it's something you need to convey to your fellow colleagues and parents is sex education in the public school is something their kids are going to be bombarded with whether they like it or they don't. There are certain people say, what's the harm of going to a public school? You had better have your children ready. I know. I know principals personally. I know teachers personally. I am still interacting because of my refereeing that I do. And while there are certain things that people can elect their kids to get out of, there are certain things they cannot and they will be confronted with. That is in our world today. There is an absolute expect acceptance And even expectation, folks, I want you to be aware of this. Not only an acceptance, but an expectation of teen sexual activity. Now, that may not be comfortable for you to hear, but it's important that you hear it. And it's important as parents that you are aware of that. The issue of gay rights today uh, is enormous. The issue, you've probably seen it recently, regarding public restrooms, regarding choices that can be made by transsexuals and things of that nature. That is out there, and your children are going to face it. You may want to walk away from it and say, just let me alone in my little world with this, but you're foolish. It is all out there. You need to be aware of it. The high rate today of child molestation is unimaginable almost. It is tremendous. And I'm saying all of that just simply to say that is why we need to be alert and aware as to what's going on and see that this is an area that our children need instruction in. The availability of sexual products, the availability of being exposed to inappropriate material through the internet, listen, through cell phones, through cameras, and I'm amazed at how many, I'm gonna put children, how many young people have cell phones and have access to do what they want with them. And iPhones, I am amazed. I have literally had it said to my own family that another believer was shocked that I did not provide for my daughter an an iPhone, and even that I would make her pay for it if she was ever to have one? That came from a believer. That's the world that we're living in today. And in case you think I'm exaggerating, and there are people that were there with me at this time, I happened to be at an athletic event that I wasn't reffing, or wasn't playing in, nobody, we happened to be there, I was with with other people from this church, and sitting right in front of me in the front row, and it happened so fast that the person ended up leaving and coming, you know, whatever, I couldn't even respond to it. Over the cell phone came inappropriate material to a teenage boy right in front of me. That is what is going on in the world around us today, folks. Promotion on TV is absolutely almost unlimited. Movies, advertising, and the things that we're exposing to. So that is what the world is. And the other difficulty is, and it was primarily, I'll be frank about it, the generation before mine, but it's still somewhere prominent in some areas. And that is you also have the other approach. Number one, you have the one that's just anything goes. And then you have the other extreme whereby it's complicated by parents wanting to go, hush, hush, I don't want to talk about anything. And they're letting their children go through life in this area. And so what do you do? What do you do as a parent? How do you approach this subject? And I know it might be a little uncomfortable, but how do you approach it? Do you ignore it? The biblical answer is no. Do you accept anything and everything that comes along? And I know you'd have the answer to that. The answer is no. Do you leave it to society to teach your children to end up handling this situation? Again, the answer is no. So I intend to go through this and and try to deal with it in an appropriate way, but to give you some guidelines and some instructions that I would give you that I think are biblical. Let me start with this. Number one, in a practical way, It is the parents' responsibility to teach their children in this area. It is not the schools. It is not societies. So parents, number one, and that is a major problem. The children, by the time they reach their teenage years, they haven't been told because the parents are afraid to talk about the subject. You cannot avoid it. You're not doing justice to your family. You had better talk to your children today long before they're in high school. It is the parents' responsibility. We find it right away in Genesis. You find it in Deuteronomy, where when you're sitting down, when you're standing up, you're to be teaching the ways of God. And this is just one way of them. Let me give you some general things that I think every parent should be involved in general areas that parents should be involved in in instructing their children and helping their children regarding sexual temptations and regarding the issues that we're facing today. Here's number one. I think in a general way, you ought to teach them about God's creation. What? Yes. What do I mean? Very simple. Genesis chapter 1. Male and female distinctions and that it's very good what that's what God said right away start with creation start when that child is young God has created us male and female that is God's design don't let them get the influence of society start from infancy and I can be honest with you we did that with our children right away after my, my wife had our first child, by the time the second child came, we already had our first child, young as that child was, beginning to understand what it meant for mom to have another baby coming. Obviously on a low level. But they need to understand that's part of God's creation. God created us male and female. He created us with distinction. And when he did that, he said it was very good. Very good. Two. Two in a general way. Teach them about God's perspective. I still teach marital counseling, and in the marital counseling, I am still teaching this. What is that? God's perspective on the subject. What is that? This area, like every other, is a blessing. Don't get it out of balance. It is something that is wonderful. It is something that is good. Make sure your children understand that. Because if they get an understanding that it's not good or it's something dirty or it's something that's wrong, they don't have God's perspective. God, right away in Genesis chapter 1, said, be fruitful and multiply. Male and female, be fruitful and multiply. It's a wonderful thing. Ingrain that in your children early. In Ecclesiastes, and I won't turn there, I think it's very clear in one particular area, I I personally believe with all my heart, the only one that could have been commenting was God when he says, enjoy it. And throughout scripture and Proverbs, we find out even in the passage that I read, be satisfied in verse 19. It is pleasurable. It is something. If you don't get that into your children, they will have a warped view of it. And they get into society. So give them God's creation. Give them God's perspective. This is just general points. Thirdly, clearly get across to them God's institution. What is that? Marriage. Marriage. God brought them together. He brought them together, and it was, you find right away in Genesis that we. Talk about Adam, and I talked about this in the parenting class. I talk about this in the classes that I teach uh, for marital counseling. And you need to be understanding in this. God's design for a permanent relationship is not the parent and the child. It is the husband and the wife beyond the relationship with him. That's what it says. And right away, you get into this marriage. Why? Why would you say that, Pastor Dan? Because it says, For this reason shall a man leave his father and mother, there's a cutting off, and cling unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. It's dealing with God's perspective. Marriage, I say this all the time, marriage is God's norm for society. Marriage is God's design Man has no right to impede. This is covering a lot of areas that are a problem in our society today. Who can be a husband and a wife? and who can Listen, God is the one that designed marriage. He's the one that instituted marriage. He sets the rules. It's to be permanent. It's to be male and female by God's design. And you leave it with that? I don't care what society says. That's a biblical view you need to be instructing them right away. And that life is a partnership. Those are just some general principles. Some general principles that I think you'd find throughout the Word of God, that very early you can be instructing. It's funny because, uh, and I won't get into the depth of it, but Ron did mention about the Christian growth classes this morning. And uh, the, one of the examples that were used in the class but a particular parent was teaching their child uh, the concept of everything coming from God. That needs to start immediately. In this area, it's the same thing. You are who you are because God created us male and female. If God creating you, created you male, don't think there's some genes in there that's going to make you female. You're male. And vice versa. And what God has designed is the institute of marriage, and it's a wonderful thing. And being fruitful and multiplying is a wonderful thing. It's a blessing, but it's got to come under God's umbrella. It's got to come under marriage, not outside of marriage. Our society has bombed that one. And it's affecting every area of life. Now, you say, Okay, fine, that's general. some general points. What about some specifics? Okay, and then in going there, we'll get into the text. I think you need to understand and, and instruct your children in the area of what immorality is. Any outside of marriage in this area, I think you under, need to give them an understanding, and I think this is where the parents fall down, right here. I think you need to give them an understanding of what sexual temptation looks like. That's what happens here. Parents don't want to touch that one. But you need to instruct your children on what does it look like. Don't just tell them to avoid it. What does it look like? How do I know when it's there? Is there any signs that can alert me, that I can be concerned about, that that I can catch? And that's one of the downfalls. And I will say this to you dads, particularly, and many dads have these struggles. But you dads and you fathers, you need to be aware of it. Or if you're not a dad or a father, you need to be careful as a, as a man even more. But you, need, you know what temptations there are to you. And if you have a daughter, you had better take the time to let them know, because they're naive as to what might turn a, a man on or a young boy. So make, them, make sure they know what it looks like. We'll see that in a second. But more importantly, above all of it, as you're letting them know God's word, let them know what God says will be the results if they pursue that path. And we'll see that, I think, in these passages. All right, let's try to just look at a couple of passages of Scripture. I'm only going to have one message on this because I know, again, I it's a, it's a, probably could have many more, but a sensitive area. But let's start in Proverbs chapter 5. And in Proverbs chapter 5, I want you to see this. In verses 1 and 2, notice how the father is involved. My son, and you notice later on, he says, now my sons, in verse 7. So you've got my son, give attention to my wisdom. He is involved in instruction here. He doesn't leave this for society. He doesn't leave this for the church. He doesn't leave this for someone else to do it in the school. He's involved. He says, my son, give attention, incline your ear to my understanding. Why? The purpose is that you might observe discretion and your lips may reserve knowledge. He's concerned about his son that he would be able to observe with his eyes and see and then be able to apply knowledge. And what does he get into? Immediately in verse 3, adultery. He doesn't hide from it. He doesn't stay away from it. He says, for the lips of an adulteress drip honey. And he gets right into the fact of there is an adulteress. What is that? Someone who would be having relations outside of marriage. And he says, my son, you need to be alert to that. You need to be aware. And he gets right into specifics with her. Her speech will drip like honey. It's smoother than oil. He doesn't pull any punches. He doesn't turn around and say, "Well, my child, you know, you'll know an adulteress when one comes along." Now, in fact, you're going to see tonight. He turns around and says, "You know, my son, I want you to come here. Look at that. See that right there? You'll see that in a few minutes. See that? That's what it looks like." Solomon doesn't pull any punches. And he says, "Be aware of the be aware of her speech." And then he jumps in what I want to get into in chapter 5 is this much. I'm not going to expound every passage. You can look at it. He says what's going to happen. He says in the end, in the end, she is going to be as wormwood. She's like a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Look at where it's leading. And this is even more important. Go down to verse 9. He says, you, my son, will give your vigor to others and your years will be cruel. Strangers will be filled with your strength. Your hard-earned goods, that which you've labored hard, your house, there are, very specifically, there are marriages that have been destroyed, uh, people that have lost their wealth, they've lost their health and everything else because they're pursued down these areas of sexual temptation. That's the end. For the minute, that you might think, well, it's not satisfying. Wait a minute. The pleasures of sin it talks about in Scripture in the New Testament. It's satisfying for the moment. But it's devastating in the long run. And I would say to you that anyone, including David, for example, in Scripture, if he could have saw the end of what would have happened, he would have never fallen. And what the teacher here does is take the son and talk about it, and he gets right into the end. And then he says in verse 11, and you groan at your final end. Your flesh and your body's consumed. That may be physical, but it also may be mental anguish. When you look at the sin of David, I don't have the time there tonight, I would spend all, but it's very interesting in the Psalms. David goes over how night and day he anguished about his sin. It just, he couldn't live with it. Other people might, he just kept turning it and turning it. That is a consequence that comes in these areas. You will see. And you say, I have hated instruction, verse 12, and my heart spurned reproof. That's where you will come. And young people, if you don't listen to your parents, you may think you're going to get away with things, but you won't get away from your conscience. You won't get away from your life, and you will face the consequences. And then you'll be saying, Oh, if I had only listened, and it's too late. It's too late. So what do you do? An immediate instruction that we get just from this proverb is, look at verse 8. Keep your way, what's the next word? Far. Don't get as close as you can. Get as far away from that as you can possibly get. Take your phone and throw it away if you have to. Are you kidding me, Pastor Dan? You know what you just said? Whatever you've got to do. Whatever you've got to do. I've said it openly to the congregation, and I say it again. With my computers, I would throw them away. I don't trust myself, but I make sure that when I'm on my computers, it's always in a public setting or it's always in a setting that, why? Just because of what's out there. I don't want to be anywhere near it. Anywhere near it. Don't get as close as you can. And listen, your children, as they're growing up, because of what I spent the time, and that's why I did it as a pastor, because of what they're going to be exposed to outside of your home, in the streets, working at Demula's, working here, working there, talking to, to friends. I've heard it from people that are not teenagers yet. And some of the talk that's going to be confronted to your young people, if you don't tell them about this and tell them to stay far from it, they're going to get as close as they can because they want to be in with the in crowd. This area is dangerous. Keep far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. Don't go near it. Don't go near it. So what I'm saying to you right there, Warn them, warn them of consequences they'll face. Warn them what they're like. Tell them to don't go near it, stay far away. Jump with me quickly to Proverbs 6. I want to go through this. Proverbs chapter 6, it's verses 20 to 35 where it really concentrates in this area, 20 to 35. Let me pick it up in verse 20. My son again, watch, observe the commandment of your father, Do not forsake the teaching of your mother. Bind them continually in your heart. That why Remember what we've already said in Proverbs? We need to guard our heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk about, see, they're not going to be there. They'll guide you. If you've listened to me, they'll guide you. When you're sleeping and you have these things turning, they'll watch over you. Why? Because the parent is taking the time to give the instruction that God would have. He goes on here. He says... And when you awake, they'll still talk to you. Why? You know, we ought to meditate on things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are of good report. That's not just adults. That's children as well. Get them in a habit of thinking good things. I'm going to be frank with you. I don't care whether it's sports. I don't care whether it's dress. I don't care whether it's attitudes. Your children are going to learn from you. You're going to learn. If you are loose with your speech, your children are going to watch, and they're going to get that view of Christianity. If you are talking about one another, if you are dressing loosely, if you are going to places you shouldn't go to, you are setting the stage for your children, and they are learning from you. But if you're getting into them good books, in the word of God, if you're giving them instruction, if you're putting plaques in your home, if you're giving them good music to listen to, and they can be saturated, they're going to go to sleep with it, they're going to get up with it, and you're going to get your neighbor or the society saying, you're brainwashing them, don't listen to society. Continue to fill them with the truth. Continue to guide their hearts. The temptation is going to be great, but I want you to see what he's going to continue to do. Watch. He says, as he goes on, um, let me jump down. Verse 24, to keep you from, ev- from the evil woman. That's the type of woman it is. Listen, seductive woman, an adulteress, they have good speech, smooth speech. You're going to see in a moment, they have great looks. But what are they? Evil! They're looking to take you down a path that God doesn't want for your life. And we need his parents to be instructing our children on that. From the smooth tongue again. Now, I want you to notice verse 25. I want you to notice it. It says, Do not desire her beauty in your heart. He's not naive. As a parent, he says, she might present herself. She might be beautiful to you. Think about what you're doing. You're not married. You're taking a good thing and you're, you're letting your flesh and your lust take over. And you're just looking at the beauty. Be careful. Be careful. Watch. Nor let her capture you with her eyelids. Or an account of a harlot, one is reduced to a loaf of bread. There it goes again. You will not get away with it. He goes on. He, he says, um, in, in adulteress hunts. These people are hunting for a precious life. Let me be very open with you and careful. I'm trying to be as careful, but I'm trying to be helpful. I really am. Listen, hopefully none of your daughters are flirts. Young men, if you see somebody that's a flirt and is very attractive, run away. Run away. That's dangerous. It is not going to help you in life. If somebody's got that type of reputation as a young person now, that's not the type of person you're going to want to be pursuing for marriage. And I'm going to tell you something right now. There isn't any man that I know that's ever lived that wants his wife to be touched or looked at or addressed by anybody else. So why in the world, now I'm talking to the older men, do you think it's good for you to be flirting around in any of those areas? Be careful. What will you get if you pursue this? if you don't avoid sexual temptations as a young person if you're not involved in instructing them look at verse 30 i got to jump ahead here men don't despise a thief that steals to satisfy himself when he's hungry but when he's found he must repay sevenfold he must give all the substance of his house the one who commits adultery with a woman is lacking look at this he's lacking any common sense if you will his his heart's not uh, where it should be obviously His soul is way out of place. He would destroy himself, does it? He who would destroy himself. Wounds and disgrace, that's what you're going to find. Wounds and disgrace. You might think it's kind of neat to be along with the crowd when you're a teenager or whatever's going on. Run away. I'm going to tell you something personal. I have nothing to boast of whatsoever. But I didn't have the privilege, by God's grace, I was unsaved. And I did have the privilege, by God's grace, of being involved athletically at a pretty high level and being involved um, in uh, holding office in fraternities and things of this nature. This is, I've, I've shared all this with my family. But, and I will tell you this, that most athletes were drunk and were involved in immorality. By God's grace, he kept me from that. And I'm gonna tell you something, even as an unsaved man, I remembered some of the things that I had learned from my mother, but I also, by God's grace, looked and, and looked at this part of it. I don't want my life in the future to be messed up. Because if you start down that path, you'll end up with disgrace, You'll end up with all kinds of things. You'll have a reproach that will not be blotted out. But worse, look at this. For a jealous, enrages, jealousy enrages a man, he will not spare in the day of vengeance. Folks, you have that before you today. When you get involved in adultery, that's an area where a husband or a wife end up turning around and killing the person that did it. And you are well aware that you're living in a society in which boyfriends and girlfriends, because they're too involved in high school, are killing one another because a boyfriend doesn't want to be with a girlfriend anymore, et cetera, et cetera. That's what it's talking about here. That's where this goes. And it all goes back to teaching children what? God's creation, as simple as it is. It all goes back to teaching God's priority for marriage. It all goes back to teaching God's principles, even in the very basics of that, to your children right away when they're young. I want to show you something very quickly before we close. Uh, It's really time. But I would recommend to you as parents, and I would recommend to you young people, there's some young people here tonight, to obviously get into the word of God in this area, but read Proverbs 5, 6, and 7 over and over over again and obviously make things age appropriate you're not going to treat someone that's two years old like someone that you would that's eight years old or someone that's 12 but don't wait till the 12 folks i want you to see this very quickly um the time let me just bounce over a couple of things here quickly go to go down to chapter 7 verse 8 You should probably note in the passage that it talks about darkness. By the way, literally, that's what happens. These things are done in darkness because people pursue. <laughs> they don't want anybody else to know what's going on. And let me tell you, you as an adult, if that's a condition with you, you've got a problem. Address it. Address it. If your spouse can't sit down next to you, whatever you're watching, whatever you're reading, whatever the Lord's always there, you got a problem. And it talks about it being in the dark there. And but what I want to get to is this: He he also says that he's looking, he's observing. Verse five, uh, and I want to keep you from that adulteress from the foreign people. And he notice he says in verse seven, it's the naive that go there. And I discerned among notice that the use. This is why I'm telling you, teach your children. They lack sense. They thought it was cool. They thought it was great. Well, you know why? Part of it is the parents didn't take the time to instruct them. Now we watch this. You think he's descriptive? I think so. Passing through the street corner near the corner, or passing through the street near the, near her corner, he takes the way of her house. In the twilight, in the evening, there it is, in the middle of the night, in darkness, and behold, the woman comes to meet him, and watch, he's specific, dressed as a harlot. He points it out. And if another passage of scripture says, My son, look, this is what a harlot looks like. We need to be careful. We say that dress doesn't matter and so forth, it absolutely does. And there is too much that people are willing to expose and and then expose their kids to this. And they think it's okay. You're in trouble. He says, look at the way you can tell my son because of the way she's dressed and her cunning heart. She's boisterous. She's rebellious. This is a sign. I don't want to listen to parents. Loud. Her feet don't want to remain at home. I can't wait to get out of here. That's a sign of trouble. A sign of trouble. Listen, young folks, again, be careful with that one. Because whether it be a guy or a girl, if they can't wait to get out of their home, you had better be careful if you're pursuing marriage with that individual. Because you may think it's love when in reality it's none of that at all. She seizes him, verse 13, she kisses him and with a brazen faith. Isn't this unbelievable? Look at verse 14. I was due to offer peace offerings today, I paid my vows. If I can be blunt with that, basically not only is it paying vows, she tries to present herself as spiritual. Who would have presented vows and offerings? People that were trying to obey the law of the Lord. Don't be fooled because someone has verbiage. Oh, this is great. You know, I probably pay my vows. Nothing due, nothing dead. You know, whatever. Wait a minute. Aren't you married? Yes. Run. Run. Now, we're talking about adultery, but the same is in all areas of immorality. Save some time again. Go down to verse 24. Now, therefore, my sons, listen to me. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For many are the victims she has cast down, and numerous are her slain. Do not be a statistic. Now, I don't want to have imbalance here. God's forgiving, and he will forgive, even when you fail in the area of temptation in this area. But don't go testing God. Don't go testing God. Her house is the way of death, descending into the chambers of death. It is nothing that's promising when you go down that area. The good part of it is, and I didn't turn there, it was in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, though I did refer to it, in Genesis chapter 2, verses 24 and 25, for example, where it says that God's created us in his image, male and female, it's wonderful, it was very good. A man shall leave his father and his mother, cling unto his wife, that's the proper umbrella. And then it even goes on to say, we don't want to touch it, but he says, he said they were naked and they weren't even embarrassed. You know why? God's design. That's God's design. That's where it should be. That's where it should be. And by the way, that could be a tremendous help even to couples today. Though I'll be careful with that. Because that creates problems because they don't have God's biblical view on that. It's so important. What I'm trying to get across is this to you tonight. Another area that the scriptures want us to be teaching our children that's very practical and is dealt with very practical and I've tried to be as delicate as I could be with it is the area of sexual temptation, folks. In our society, this is a major problem. Parents, take the time. You know, I don't know if you've seen it. I want to be very careful with commercials. But I think it's a good one and I want to be careful because I don't know it all. But I saw a recent commercial, interestingly enough, where a mother was expecting, and a little boy says something to the effect, there's a baby in there, and she's got this big stomach, and she says, yeah. He said, how'd that happen? Wouldn't you like to be the parent in that situation? But my point is this. Even at that young age, you see, we need to start instructing at the level that they can handle get them prepared and I'm going to tell you something if you do that when they get into their teen years which all the changes are taking place and the difficulties are there doesn't mean they're not going to face temptation but by God's they may fall but by God's grace they'll know they'll know what God's standard is they'll know what your standard is and when they go away if they do fall you can still be with them and support them as a parent and get behind them they'll come back they'll come back, but be involved in instructing. And adults, I think we have to be so, so careful in this area today, so careful. Our society, it's almost everybody's doing that which is right in their own eyes in this area. And if we're not alert, I don't care whether you're 80 years old or whether you're 10 years old today. The temptations are great. We need God's help. We need biblical instruction. And let us be instructing and guarding ourselves. Our God is holy, that God might keep us holy. Because I tell you, if David could fall, I can fall. You can fall. And I'm not just talking men. You women today, there are many women that are falling. Big uh, big area. Let's close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you for the word of God that Lord, that which you've created, that which you've created for good, man again has turned bad in many ways. But, Father, we thank you that we have the Word of God. We have the instruction of the Word of God that can guide us and lead us. We have tremendous responsibilities as parents. Sometimes it's overwhelming. But I pray, Father, you'd help us to take the responsibility to be involved, not to be hush-hush and not to go beyond that which your Word says, but help us to be instructive how we pray for our young people. And I I pray for our, our professing believers in this area. It is such a great area of temptation today. Help us to get victory. God, in our flesh, is to do sin. And we thank you that we have the indwelling Holy Spirit, and we pray by your grace you'd help us to yield to the Spirit of God. If there be any in the room tonight that have failed in this area, help them, Lord, to confess that and to forsake it and by your grace that they can move on and walk in purity before you help our young people strengthen them help us to be around them and strengthen them and encourage them to do good we pray these things in christ's name amen